Well, this morning we're going to go over, and for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this thing of focus because we knew, we do. This is our time. When you start a new season, you start a new job, you start anything you begin off something new, you need to begin to get a, a sharper focus of what you're doing and not just focusing on things, but I want us to focus on specifically pursuing God's vision. Not just what I want, but what He wants. Like, like, it's important for us to have vision. One of the words that came forth, I'm like, Jesus, you are good. But it's what we're supposed to do. We're, we don't want to go around blind just doing things without knowing, God, this is what you called me to do. This is what you called us to do. Proverbs 29, 18, the wisest man that ever lived, said it this way. Where there is no vision, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. And, and when we see that word law, many times that word law goes, law. You know, I gotta, I only have to do 45 and a speed. You know, we, we think of all different things we have to obey. And I'm telling you, it's not that way. Matter of fact, I love what the message says about it this way. The message says where if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Anybody here ever did some stumbling? You thought this is what I want to do. No, I want to do this. No, I want to, I want to, you got involved and I got involved. We got involved in stuff that had nothing to do, only brought more heartache and pain. Talking, if I could just get this and I'll be happy, this will do it. Because I wasn't seeing what God wanted to do. I was, I was seeing what I wanted to do. And as a result of it, 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 it'll take us to places that we, we don't want to go and it'll keep us longer than we want to stay. And so when they can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. It says, but, when they attend to what he reveals, like when, when God speaks, when he begins to speak and he, he begins to show you things, either through his word, either through preaching, either through uh, your best friend or through things. When he reveals things to you, there's many ways. It's, he can do it through any way. He's not limited to one way. It says when he reveals, we, we attend to that, they are most blessed. And so I want us to look at this thing. I love what D.L. Moody, it's actually the 19th century greatest soul winner, the man that's, that with sharp focus gave up a very successful shoe and boot business to say, Lord, I want to do it your way. Became an evangelist, and he would have been the Billy Graham of the 19th century. Billy Graham was the 20th, but here it is. He was the 19th. And this is what he said. Our greatest fear should not be a failure. Not of, I'm afraid I might not get it. And it shouldn't be a failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. It's like, man, I did it. Woo! Well, what does it matter? It didn't, it didn't affect anything. It didn't have any internal impact whatsoever. But I did it. And so the beauty of, of what we're going to do for the next few weeks is go over this. We want to really pursue what's God's vision. And, and I believe it, it's all throughout Scripture... But one of the main places we find it is in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. And it's Paul's prayer asking for the church at Ephesus. And more importantly, even for us. And uh, it says this, Paul prayed and he said, I ask and ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Not knowing about him, but knowing him personally. There's a big difference, and we'll look at that in just a moment. That your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do and grasp the immensity 
of this glorious way of life he has for you. I want to look at you and tell you, I don't know what you're experiencing or what you're living in right now, but God has a glorious way of life for you. And I'm going to tell you, if you can get locked into what he's doing, what he's saying, and you give attention to his vision, you're going to go, wow. They told me about this, but I, I thought they were just on drugs. I thought they, I thought they didn't, I didn't thought they knew what they was talking about. I'm going to tell you, That it'll be so incredible when God begins to move in in your life the way he wants to and the way you allow him and you attend to what him. It will be a a way that that transforms you. And so God really has it. It's just four things and they've always been from literally from the beginning of man ever since the, the fall. And it's this. God, there they are, lost people. God wants lost people saved. Like from the first time when Adam and Eve sinned, God didn't kick them out of the garden and say, get out of here. I don't, I'm done with you. I don't want to see you anymore. What God did, God brought them to the place where, yeah, you can't stay in the garden. And it was actually God's mercy that he didn't let them stay in the garden. You're like, Mark, hold on. Unpack that for me just a second. They were in utopia. And he's not going to let them stay there. And he kicked them out. And it's mercy? Yeah, how would you like to forever live in a fallen state. Have everything you want, but not have God. Like you have all the trappings that you have, but but you're going to have to live there in sin, in with with this feeling, with this sense of, I'm not connected, I'm, I'm all alone here, but I've, I've got plenty to eat and i got everything I want. Praise God. So God's plan's always been, He wants lost people to be found, to be saved. And He wants saved people to be pastored. In other words, my role... Is simply to lead and feed. That's all it is. It's to God. That's it. I'm no better than you are. When, when Henry Wright gave the word of, hey, you know, you know, those things that Pastor Mark don't want you to see. I'm like, yeah, and there's things that Pastor Mark don't want you to see. <laughs> it goes both ways. <laughs> it's this thing of, hey, we all are fallen. And so he wants saved people, pastor. He wants pastor people trained. He wants those people to be thing. And, and then he wants trained people mobilized. Not just, a, hey, I got this now. Now go do something with what you have. Not just sit here and go, oh, well, praise God, I feel good. I don't care about anybody else, but I feel good. <laughs> There's a, a process, and that's what we've uh, adopted this language of making it simple. Knowing God. We can say lost people say, but you know what I found out? When I was not saved, and people thought I needed to be saved, and they would tell me, you know, are you saved? And ask, you know, I had best friends in high school that would ask me that. And I was going to church every Sunday. He's like... They say, you know, are you saved? I'm like, yeah, I'm saved. I go to church every Sunday. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I was, I was at that place. And so it put me to where, no, I, I, I didn't know that. And it's not a matter of that. It's people just want to know God. They just want to know, Hey, how can I know God? The second part is instead of save people, pastors, they want to find freedom. We got to settle. You know, I don't know about y'all, but we get into stuff and stuff gets into us. And when we come to Christ, we become brand new creatures, but yet there's stuff still there. The way we operate, this flesh man, this nature that wants to do its own thing. And so we got to get freedom from yesterday, from things that we did, things that have been done to us. And, and that's where it is, where saved people, pastors say, hey, let me, let me show you how good God is. He wants to take that out of you. You don't have to live in that. And that doesn't have to live in you any longer. That Yeah, we have grace, but it's grace to help live his life, not to live in our own life. It's grace is not 
his ability for me to keep sinning. And it's like, okay, it's his strength to walk me out of the stuff that's tried to hold me down. Then discover your purpose. Man, when you begin, when you begin to sense, this is what I was created to do. And you, you walk down the street like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and I love it. And you operate in that, man, people are going to, they're going to look at you strange. I mean, what's wrong with you? You go, it ain't. It's what's right with me. It's who's right with me and who I'm right with. It's not what's, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And then finally, the fourth one is, is, is what he's called us all to do is make a difference in somebody else's life. And so we're going to go over these in this morning. Um, we're going to look at the very first one because it's important. How many know the first thing's got to be the first thing? Like I, if you try to start out with finding freedom, discovering person, make a difference, you missed it. You got to start at the beginning and that is no God. And not know about him. Like if you look at this, this, this in scripture, why is it so important? In Matthew chapter 7, he put it this way. Verse 21 through 23. This is the first sermon that Jesus preached to a group of people. His, they were all Jewish people. They're by the lake. And he's preaching to them. It's the, it's the same sermon in the beginning of it. This may help you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. John Whitener shared some of that. that blessed, and, he, and he shared about the blessing. But this is what it says. Not everyone who says to me in his first sermon, and they didn't even catch it, Jesus declared his lordship. (laughs) He declared his lordship. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. And what's funny is all the religious people of his day that had heard that didn't even catch that. It just went right over them. It said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. It's like, they didn't question him at that point, like, we got to call you Lord? What you talking about, Jesus? <laughs> Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. And then he goes on to say this in 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. By the way, everybody will say Lord, the Lord. It's, it's, it's all through scripture and Isaiah and John and Peter. It says, every knee shall bow. And every day, some is going to be reluctant, and some is going to be with joy, like, oh, Lord, Lord, whoo, I'm bowing and I'm thankful. There's some is going to be going, oh, Lord. So many will say, Lord, Lord, and this is what it says. Did we not prophesy? We did some crazy, incredible thing. Like I shared the word of the Lord with boldness. Didn't, in your, in your name, and in your name, it's, they're not even doing it by themselves. In your name, cast out demons. And it's the funny thing about that, in most Christian circles, they're more afraid of demons than they are of God. They're more fearful of a demon that somehow, that God's barely hanging on to his throne like, okay, he's about to take it. And I'm telling you, he's under our feet, y'all. We don't have to be afraid. We serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. It's not something, we're worried. Thank you, Lord. We have authority. He's given it to us. But it says they're going to be casting out demons in his name and in your name perform many miracles. And those sound good and they're religious and it's great. And it's always in his name because we can't do anything in our own name. So in your name, it says perform many miracles. And then he said, then I will decide, I'll declare to them. I never knew you. How important is this knowing part? It's eternally important. It's vitally important. Like I've got to start there and I can't go anywhere else until I get that down. And the beauty of that is, I want to scare you a little bit, but 
you'll never know him completely on this side of heaven. You'll know a lot and we'll get to experience a lot. But it's only a glimpse. That's what 1 Corinthians 13. We, we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfection comes, we, we'll know in full just as we're fully known. When we get to see him face to face, we go, wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you back for just a minute. Remember when uh, before online stuff and all this and before you went to the stores when you were kids and you had to look at the Sears catalog? <laughs> Some of, you, some of y'all don't even know what that's like. So I'll, I'll help you. For those, for, for the millennials, that's when you go on Amazon or you go on these websites and you got this little, you know, screenshot of it and it's, it's this big. But then it shows up at your house and you go, wow. It's like, back then it was just black and white too. It wasn't even color. You're like, oh yeah, I like that. And we'd check it off. And then we'd, it'd show up. And so the, the beauty of that is this, that it would, it would happen. And so when we look at this, it's, it's going to be so much grander when we see him face to face. So this word no, here's what it means, gnosko. Allow, this is what it means, allow. Like I allow to be known, that I'm not holding back, I'm not keeping you away, I'm allowing you to get to know me. I allow, be aware, feel, have knowledge, perceive, be resolved, keep can speak, be sure, understand. There's relationship, there's connection. It's not knowing about somebody, it's knowing. It's like the person sitting next to you that you're closest to. You have developed over a long period of time getting to know them. Or it's over a short period of time. <laughs> you're getting to know them. And the beauty thing about that is that's gnosko. It's like, hey, I'm allowing you in. I'm allowing. That's what, that's what God wants. And so here's what we're to focus on. We're to focus on a person, not a position, not even a dog. We're to focus on a person, Jesus Christ. That's our main focus. And nobody did that better than one of my heroes of the faith, and that is Paul. Paul, the Apostle Paul, in Philippians 3, 10 through 11, he put it this way. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and, and, and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. That was his saying, this is how I want to do it. I don't want to just know about him. I want to know him. And so I want to go over real quickly with you four things, four experiences of knowing Jesus that Paul experienced that I believe all of us should experience. You ready? Real quick. We're going to go through these. The very first one is in Philippians 3, 10 and 11. The very first part of that, he says, I want to know Christ. Now, this is a man that spent three years in the desert learning from him, receiving from him. And by the way, the beautiful thing about this, and some of you know this, maybe you not. The only time he wanted to know about Christ before he surrendered his life to Christ is he wanted to know who was serving Christ so he could go arrest them and have them tortured. <laughs> but now he wants to know him. He was wanting to find out who was serving him so I could go get him. And now he's like, I just, I just want to know this man. So he's completely contrary. Now he wants to know him. He says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power. And so when we talk about this word knowing, this is what it says in, it's a personal experience. You know, you ever talk to somebody about and say, hey, I, I, I love to talk to people about the relationship with the Lord. I said, hey man, can I, can I talk to you a little bit about your relationship with the Lord? And they go, it's personal. It's personal. I'm like, you better believe it's personal. It is very personal. Like, there's nothing more personal than that. 
And I would not want to interrupt that, but I do want to introduce you to the person that you should be getting personal with instead of it being personal. I don't want to talk to anybody about it. And I want to tell you, it is a personal experience. That's what Paul was saying. I want to have a personal knowledge, not just have a head knowledge, an experiential knowledge. And that's why it, it, he says that. And um, in John fifteen fifteen, this is what Jesus said. I love it. Here it is. The author, the finish of our faith says, I no longer call you servants. If you ever saw yourself, I'm just a servant of the Lord. And that's a, a part of what we do, but it's not who we are. He says, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I called you friends. Man, we sing that song, I'm a friend of God. God wants to have this friendship with you and you have this friendship with him. That even in your mixed up, even when you mess up, it's a friend. You've, anybody got a friend? That man, you just go to them when things are rough and you just, you can just spill your guts. <laughs> and they just gonna love you. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Gonna be okay. And then they gonna kick you and say, hey, get straight. <laughs> no. <laughs> they gonna, they, they love you enough to tell you the truth. <laughs> but, but that's what he says. I call you my friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. I want you to know. And so Jesus isn't holding it back. He wants you to have that experiential knowledge of a personal knowing. The second part in, in, in Philippians 3.10, it says this. I want you to, he said, I want to know Christ, but I also want to know the power of his resurrection. In other words, he was fascinated by Jesus. He captured his attention and said, I want to know you, but, but man, I, and, and yeah, that is great. And I want to personally know you and I want to get to know you. And I want to, to not hold anything back and receive all that you have and experience that. But I want to also know the power of your resurrection. Like, how did you lay in the grave three days? Come on, Jesus. How did you lay there three days and then you come back? What? How do you do that? And so we all have to have, yeah, we got to have a personal experience. But let me tell you something. We also have to have a powerful experience. <laughs> Paul was saying, I, you know, no one's good. And yeah, we're right. But I want to, I, I want to know that power. What is it that would raise somebody from dead? A Lazarus. Four days laying in the grave and Jesus walks up and says, Hey, Lazarus, come on. Come on. Come on out. Wake up. That's what my feeling was when we were with Don. I was like, come on, Don. Wake up, man. Wake up. Get up. Let's go. That's what God, Paul was saying, man, I want, I want it to be, Personal, but I also want it to be powerful. First Peter 1, Peter, of all people, the one that had denied Jesus and had put his foot in his mouth, he used to just switch it sometimes and did all types of things. But this is what he said. Praise be to the, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Like it's not a dead, it's a living hope. It continually, when I'm at my worst, he's still at his best. When I'm going through the world, I still have hope. It's a living hope. It doesn't die. I might be what some would call hopeless, but I'm always hopeful because of him. It's a living hope. It doesn't die. And then in Romans uh, 8, 11, it says this. And if the spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also what? Give life to your mortal bodies. Now, this is a man who had been beaten, shipwrecked, had experienced a lot of trauma in his physical body. And he's like, I want to know that power too. I I mean, it's good we're connected, but I want want that. I want to feel that power. Some of you felt that this morning. He's like, I want to feel it. You know, I 
I know we don't run on, we're not supposed to run on our feelings, but how many of you know it's good when you feel what you're running on? It's like, woo, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I'm ready. I, I want that in our mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. So the, the second one is a powerful, the first one's a personal experience, second is a powerful experience. The third one is, and this is the unpopular one. This is not one people pray for. I want to participate in his suffering. <laughs> That's not the good one. That's the one. Anybody got what we call a fair-weathered friends? <laughs> the, the, the moment you mention something's wrong, woo! Okay, see you. God bless you. <laughs> not even God bless you. See you. You can't, there's nowhere to be found. There's nowhere. It's like when everything's great and you're helping, you know, that's usually in the world. That, that's what I found anyway. I was, you know, back in the day when I was doing my thing and, you know, dealing drugs and everything and having all that, I had a lot of friends that wanted to be there. But as soon as I gave my life to Jesus, they stopped coming around. And I didn't stop trying to give to them. I'm like, hey, let me tell you how good Jesus is. Man, you don't need, you don't need that. He's so much better. <laughs> he is called the most high for a reason. I'm just telling you. Some of y'all get that later. <laughs> That's what he is. Um, I didn't say that. He did. So this is one we don't like. We like personal experience. We like powerful experience. But a painful experience? Mm, I don't want to participate in his suffering. It goes with it. Jesus even said himself in John 16, 33, he said this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world. It's going to be nice and easy. Utopia right here. It says you will have trouble. And I'm going to, I don't mean to mess up anybody's theology, but if you're trying to make this utopia, you, it ain't going to work. You're going to be miserable because you're going to get to the pinnacle and it's like it's going to be cut out from under. There are things that happen in this life. Jesus said you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Again, in First Peter, Peter says this, 4, 12, and 13. It says, dear friends... Talking to us, hey friend, look here, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you. (laughs) Hey friend, you got something going on, don't be surprised, it's going to happen, it's coming. Don't be surprised when that happens, as though something strange were happening to you. What? How did this happen? Where did this? He said, instead, look what he said, but rejoice in as much as you are you, as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. In other words, we don't get everything here. And that's a beautiful thing because we're going to have rewards that last forever. It's, it's, not, it's not a temporal thing. It's an eternal thing. And that's a celebration. That comes from knowing Him. So we want to know His personal experience. We want to have a powerful experience. We want to have a uh, painful... We don't want to. That's the one we're like, hey, but we, we need that that painful experience of participating in his suffering. And by the way, real quickly, that's what we do when we walk with people through their suffering. That's what we do. We walk it. I'm not running. You you can't scare me off. I'm going to go through it with you. And that's everybody. That's not pastors alone. For some reason, we said, well, that's what the pastors do. That's what we pay you to do. It's like, no, you pay me to encourage you to do this right. I'm, I'm training to help you do this right. Praise the Lord. That's what scripture says. Okay, and finally, the, the, the last one is where, where Paul said, not only do I want to know you, Jesus, the, the, the anointed one, the one that changed everything, I want to know you. I want to know the power of your resurrection. I want to participate in your suffering, but I want to become like him in his death. 
And that's where we have a practical experience, this dying experience. It's practical. Everybody, from the moment you took your first breath, and I'm not being gloom and doom here, but you, you're, you're working your way towards the last one. And somebody's like, oh, no. It's not that that happens. It's what we do in the process. And so this practical experience is this. It's one where we get to practically lay down our life because he showed us how to do it. We're not, he's not asking us to do anything he hasn't already done. Matter of fact, Jesus himself said in Matthew 16, 24 through 25, and he said it in Luke and also in John, he said, um, he said then, I mean in Mark, it said, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. What? You want me to take up a cross? So am I supposed to go get a wooden cross or get something and start walking around with it? No, that's not what he said. Denying himself, laying down his own life, surrendering his life to the lordship of Jesus. Follow me. And he said this, for whoever saves his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he's going to find it. See, this this thing of, of denial, this is what we're in. This 21 days of prayer and fasting... I want to challenge you with all my heart if you've never done that. First of all, before you do that, let me, let me back up. If you don't know Jesus, this is a great, this is a great time to get to know Him. Like, it's okay if you don't know Him. This isn't a thing like, you're, you're going to hell if you don't know Him. <laughs> True, but that's not, that's not your reason for getting to know Him. <laughs> that's not your reason for getting to know Him. Your reason to get to know Him is because of how love, how much He loves you. Because he's the author and the finisher. He's created your life. Everything was created by him and for him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. This is an awesome time to say, Lord, I just, I want to know you. I want that personal experience. I don't want to, I don't want to know what they know or what they experience. I want to experience it. I don't want to go off somebody else's. I want to know, I want to know for me. I don't want to, I don't want to hear about their experience. I want to hear about my experience. I want to experience that power for myself. I need that. You need that. And then I want to, I want to, I know what it is to have pain, but Lord, I want to do it the way you did. I want to walk through it. And then this thing of practical, this is a practical way you do that. What we're doing right now, this next 21 days, is laying down something to say, Lord, I need you. I want more of you, and I can't have more of you as long as I got as much of myself as I got. Because we got some self all in the way. Like, we got number one self. I look after myself, my own. And this is where we say, Jesus, I love you, and I'm going to deny myself. Why? I'm going to lay down my life so I get to find yours. I'm, not, I'm going to stop seeking my will, and I'm going to seek your will. I'm going to stop going after what I want, and I'm going to go after what you want. And so that only happens through his love and through his grace and mercy. And, and I know some of you are like, Mark, I don't know if I can do that. And I was like, good. I'm glad because you don't have to. It's him doing his work in you. Matter of fact, Paul later on in Philippians chapter 3 verse 13, he said it this way. Brothers and sisters, here's a man that's saying, I want to know you. I want to experience the power of your resurrection. I want to know that power. I want to participate in your suffering. And I want to know what it is to die with you, to, to learn what that looks like. And this is what Paul said. Hey, brothers and sisters, hey, guys, look, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of that. But there is one thing I do. And I could challenge you to, if I could challenge you to do that one thing, forgetting what is behind. 
and straining toward what is ahead. Now, what do you have to do in order to forget what's behind? You know what I found in my own life and many others? It's easy to try to forget the things we did wrong. But it's hard to try to forget the things we've done right. Because we want to build trophy cases. And we want to say, look at me, look what I did. <laughs> look at me. We want gold stars. And we want to position ourselves and we want to rest on what we did ten years ago or five years ago or even last week. And, and, and guess what? Those are great. But there are still people that need Him. There are still people. There's still opportunity. And if I just rest on what I've done already and I don't forget those things and I just don't sit and rest like, I'm good, I've done... And I'm, and I'm straining toward, Lord, there's more. There's more opportunity. Lord, I want to I know you in such a way that as we go about, as we walk, we have people's lives are impacted by us. And so this morning, if I could challenge you to forget those things that are behind, whatever it is, good, bad, the ugly, all of it, and strain towards, Lord, what, are you want, what is it you have for me today? I can't do anything about what I did yesterday. It's done. My successes and my failures, they're there. And yes, I can look at them and I can check off boxes, but it's not about that. It's about knowing Him. It's about keeping our focus. Lord, what are you saying? Lord, what are you doing? Lord, I want to know you. Lord, I want to connect with you in such a powerful, a personal, powerful, painful, practical way. Lord, I want to to be that just life-giving relationship with you. Where I just walk it out and it's not something I'm trying to do. It's something I'm allowing to happen through His Holy Spirit. I love what, I used a quote from D.L. Moody and like I said, he was a tremendous man, an evangelist. And I want to close with this one. Faith makes all things possible. Like in other words, if I have faith, all you have to do, Jesus said all you need is a faith of mustard seed and you can make mountains disappear. Mountains of sin, mountains of fear, mountains of debt, mountain of everything, all kind of mountains. You can make them disappear. He said, but love makes all things easy. Faith makes them possible, but love makes them easy. In other words, I can have faith in Jesus, but His love is what makes it easy for me to come to Him. I, I, I love Him. Do you love Him this morning? Are you in love with the Lord? Are, are, are you, is there something stirring in you? Say, Lord, I want more. I want to know you more. Paul, who impacted the world and still impacting the world, was saying, I, I want more. I, I want to know you more. I, I, I'm, I'm not satisfied with what I've experienced at this point. Bow your heads with me real quick. Thank you, Lord. I know I've gone over just a few minutes. Please forgive me. It's a good thing. I believe God's doing a wonderful thing here amongst us. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I do thank you for your presence right here. Jesus, I thank you you're here. Lord, I want more than anything to continue in this knowing, this surrendering, this this personal, powerful, painful, practical relationship that, that you are the one that called me to and called each one of us to. Lord, I thank you for continuing to draw us to yourself. Maybe you're in here this morning, your head's bowed, your eyes are closed, and like I said, there's nothing real spiritual about it. It's just the only way I know to get alone in a crowded room. It's the only way. But maybe you've been struggling in that area of knowing Jesus. Maybe 
Maybe you think somehow he doesn't know you or somehow that he, he's, he's off limits, that you know, you've got to do so many things in order to reach him. And really it only takes one thing. One thing. Forget those things that are behind. Forget those things. And strain towards what's ahead. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. It's a matter of giving him your life instead of you hanging on to it. And maybe you did that a while back and you didn't sense that that knowing or that experience. That's okay. That doesn't mean you stop. You never I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, you never got anything you did well once. <laughs> it's a thing, it's a walk, it's a journey. So I'd love to invite you this morning to know God, to know Him. Not about Him, but to experience His grace, truth, and forgiveness. And it simply comes in surrender to say, Lord, I want to know You. And if that's you this morning, I'm going to invite you to just raise your hand wherever you are and say, Lord, I surrender. I want to... I want to know you. I want to know you personally. I want to know you powerfully. I want to know you painfully. I want to know you practically. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hands all over. Thank you, Lord. Yes. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you everybody just pray this with me? Say, Jesus, you came that I may have life and have it more abundantly. I've made choices and I've done things that have displeased you and are shameful to me. But Lord, I choose as an act of my will to surrender my life to you. I ask you to be my Lord. I ask you to be my Savior. And I forget everything that's behind. And I look to you. You're the author. You're the finisher of my faith. Come, Lord Jesus. Have your way in me. Amen. We're in a wonderful time where I believe God's going to begin to explode in ways we've never seen possible. I mean, that we've seen things and we've seen some power, but I believe this year it's going to impact people's lives, but it's going to start with ours. And so I challenge you, if, if, uh, if you made a decision, you can put that on your Connect card. And then also, too, if maybe you didn't know when you walked in here this morning that the Lord's table has already been prepared for you. Um, after, we, after I bless you and we pray, there will be people that will be up here to pray and lay hands. If you have any sickness in your body, if you have anything going on, we'll be here to pray for you for that. But also, if you'd like to, it's over there. It's still not too late. Before you leave, you can go partake in the Lord's Supper. Connect with Him. Amen. If you would, stand up with me at this time. If you would, open your hands to the Lord and receive from Him. Father God, You're the Creator of the universe, and You're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over Your people, so that in so doing, Lord, Your name might be placed on them, and You, in turn, would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of His countenance on you and give you His peace in Jesus' name. Amen.